0: Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Cary Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Cary Ransom. Thanks always to my engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests Always sounds so good. Today's episode is sponsored by my friend, Jeff Martin. And Jeff's from Collective Genius. Uh, What they do at Collective Genius, they build high-performing teams for venture-backed growth companies and venture capital firms. And what I really like, Jeff does a bunch of things, but I really like their offering called Peak Planning. Um, We're at this time of year, and, and maybe even Dick and I will talk a little bit about this, but a lot of companies are starting to think about planning for their next year. And Peak Planning's a facilitated leadership team session and they have tools and they'll help facilitate uh, getting the team more closely aligned to create focus and accountability. And so he can help lay out a three-year vision, a one-year plan, and even those quarterly goals and, and what many people now use are called OKRs and the tools to stay on track. And so we're at that time of year where people, especially CEOs are starting to think about uh, what, taking my team off site and spending some dedicated time. So if you're interested in talking to Jeff more about peak planning, definitely hit me up or let me know, and I'm happy to make an introduction there. So I'm super excited. Uh, I get to have Dick Gachenauer here with me today. And before we get to hear the amazing story of, of his career and all the wisdom that I always uh, am able to glean from Dick, let me tell you a little bit about him. He is, first of all, amazingly busy. And so I'm so grateful that he's even spending the time that he is with us today. He's the co-founder of the CEO Leadership Alliance of Orange County, which he and Doug Wilson created and has become really the clear venue for the leaders in Orange County's largest companies to collaborate on some of the key strategic issues that are facing us here. And I'm so appreciative that they have inspired this group to come together and to lean in on some big issues with some urgency that are facing us if we don't work together as a community to really address. And so we're gonna talk a lot about that today. And they're working together with the goal to build a more competitive ecosystem and really continue and, and even improve the quality of life that we have in the region. And so their mission is to create a thriving OC for us all. I don't know that there's anyone here in Orange County that wouldn't get behind that. And so we'll we'll dig into a little bit more about what that actually means. Um, he's also been involved on a national level with a group called the Center for Higher Ambition Leadership where he's a board member. And they believe that and have proven that the best run, best performing companies are those that do more than just maximize shareholder value, they actually, value improving outcomes for all stakeholders involved in a company. And so that really drives um, who Dick is and, and how he leads. And I think in all the people I've talked to that have worked with and around Dick, they've always found that that, that ability to, to look beyond just that shareholder and to, to have a really strong values and purpose orientation has driven him throughout his career. Dick walked the walk as a leader in both public and private companies. He's the former CEO, president, and COO of United Stationers, which was a big public company in Chicago. Prior to that, he was the president and COO of Golden State Foods here in Orange County. And he currently is on the board of a number of companies, including Golden State Foods, Amerisource Bergen, and UGI Corporation. He's also a trustee of Rush Medical Center in Chicago, and he's the lead director at a startup there called Vidori. He is what I would call a great example of an innovative and values-driven Orange County leader. We can never have too many of those here, in my opinion. Dick, it's so great to have you here today. Well, thank you, Carrie,
1: And uh, thank you for hosting and creating this um, Accelerate OC talk program. Um, it's an important uh, way that we can connect our uh, innovation ecosystem. And uh, so thank you for what you're doing.
0: Oh, I appreciate it. I'm having so much fun and I get the great pleasure of uh, getting to spend time with folks like you. And as I've said to many of my prior guests and, and others in the community, I, I'm so blessed to know uh, so many great people here and to to be able to record our conversations and share them with others here, I think, is is an important part of building this community. And so thanks for spending the time. Let's get to the starting line. So I mentioned your involvement with the CEO Leadership Alliance. Tell the audience how it got started.
1: Well, I'll take you back to when I was CEO of mm-hmm. United Stationers, because um, it really started, mm-hmm. you know, there. Um, uh, it, it was a turnaround situation when I was brought in as CEO, and we started focusing on culture and creating a high performance um, company. Uh, focused on values, et cetera. And one of the things I had initiated was to create a foundation to get our employees involved in giving back. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of the foundation, I I challenged the group, was to do one thing, which was to teach our employees the joy of giving back. Mm. And as time went on, we were being quite successful in this transformation. But uh, I was not able to figure out how to connect what we were doing in our community involvement with, with, our, with our business strategy. And so our, uh, actually our folks out of HR said, well, what we need is a purpose. And I thought, well, what do you mean purpose? This is business, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but more I thought about it, I said, well, all right, let's give it a shot. And we were delivering you know, technology and pencils and paper and everything for the office. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, if we missed the delivery, the world was not going to stop. Mm-hmm. So it's a little more difficult to identify your purpose as opposed to uh, somebody in the medical space, for example. But we did, and we found that it actually linked together what we were doing both outside of the company and in the company and our business strategy, and it took off. And our employees became really quite thrilled with the opportunity to give back, mm-hmm. uh, and we brought the heart Mm -hmm. into the business equation Mm -hmm. and when you bring the heart in as well as the head and the hands you unlock all kinds of of energy and passion and commitment Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't otherwise get Mm -hmm. we also found that our employees got so excited about it they were talking to customers and and we were able to crack a code a, a barrier that we weren't able to do before which was get our small businesses to trust us turn over business processes to us a fortune 500 company they were small they say "Well, i'm not going to do that because you'll be able to control mm-hmm. my company and we couldn't break through and when they heard our employees talk about all the stuff we were doing in the community and they were so thrilled about it and were energized they said well does this have to do with making money with a for you know public company mm-hmm. and they said well maybe we can trust them and things led from there and it became the central competitive uh a differentiator for our company in the industry and mm. we took off and uh and we became the darling of the industry so uh while that was going on uh, michael beer and russ eisenstadt two former hbs um, uh, professors were writing a book called higher ambition leadership mm. and they were just concluding the book they found out about what we were doing at united stationers they came out and did a case study which is a harvard business school case study mm-hmm. today used mm-hmm. in the classroom and out of that, I became part of uh, an initiative to start the this, this Center for Higher Ambition Leadership mm-hmm. in Boston with uh, Doug Conant, who was uh, CEO of Campbell Soup, uh, and um, the, the CEO of, uh, of uh, um, Beckman Dickinson. Mm-hmm. And uh, that group uh, was, what we created was a CEO-led organization where CEOs were going to learn from each other because the concept of a purpose was not a business term. Mm-hmm. It was a personal term, but mm-hmm. not used in business. Mm-hmm. And our thought was if we could get CEOs to understand how powerful it is and to focus on it, we could address some of the problems we had and have had in some quite some time that companies are focused on return to shareholders as the preeminent value that they're mm-hmm. trying to create mm-hmm. and turn that around. And, and out of that work was born the CHL. And one of the things that I did there was take CEOs around to visit other companies that were particularly far along in this journey mm-hmm. so one of the companies that i took them to was Thriven in minneapolis which is a financial services company life insurance company and they had a purpose which was to teach their mem- members how to be wise with money and to live generously mm. okay very powerful and they gave away at that time i think 250 million dollars a year to support that purpose wow. into communities wow. Um, but their CEO was also chaired um, an organization called uh, an organization of CEOs in Minneapolis uh, that was working on solving social and economic problems. Mm. Itasca, mm-hmm. um, and so we studied that as well. So our CEOs learned not only what was going on at Thrivent, but they also found out about this this uh, effort to weigh in collectively to solve these issues. And it was out of that was born the concept for me, as well as one other thing, which was um, our group of our CEOs during the Ebola crisis, it was a disaster. We weren't ready for it. Mm -hmm. It was pretty clear that we weren't, as a globe, we were not ready for pandemics. So they Mm -hmm. got together Mm -hmm. with the World Health Organization and others and created a plan to solve for the next pandemic, which will come, so that we're better ready to address it. So I looked at those two initiatives and said, all right, when I moved back here to Orange County, um, how do we get something similar going mm-hmm. here. I chose geography as the glue. And so I got Doug Wilson, my good friend. I, we started going around and meeting CEOs and challenging, him, would you like to get together and learn from each other best practices? It took us a while. Uh, but one early meeting, I asked the question, how would you like to work collectively together to solve local social and economic problems you can't serve, solve individually? 100. And that's Out of that, the energy in the room went way up, Uh, the passions came out, and what we found was there was a lot of energy around this. Uh, And so we started the CLA, which is a CEO-led organization. Uh, And it was somewhat unique because we have a number of organizations, great ones in Orange County and elsewhere, that involve company people, but but the CEOs really don't weigh in personally. Mm This is an organization where we don't do anything unless a CEO is leading it so that's, that's how I got started
0: that's great Thank you for sharing that context and and what an amazing journey and you know as, as I've said I, I think we so benefit here in Orange County from having you having you back here having you uh, leading the way and bringing this group together so I, I I've gotten the the benefit of getting a little bit more behind the curtain of of some of the things that are going on at CLA so as you think about this group obviously CEOs tend to be a very driven type a group they're not going to just get together and chat they're going to want to see real impact out of the things that they're doing so as this group's gotten formed what are some of the key initiatives that you're starting to see them weighing in on and wanting to see move forward
1: so um, that's always a challenge. So there were a number of things that guided us. But uh, clearly we wanted to have a foot one foot over in social issues and mm-hmm. one foot over in economics. Mm-hmm. And the more we studied all the issues that Orange County faced, which is not unsimilar to many country uh, uh, cities and counties, we realized that you almost couldn't separate the two; mm-hmm. they were intertwined with each other. And if you and so, what we then decided to do is to say, figure out where there are leverage points by either solving a social problem, you addressed an economic problem, mm-hmm. or where you have an economic problem, you can solve a social problem. And so, we're we've decided to weigh in in several areas, uh, the other criteria is we needed a CEO who had passion about it and sure. would lead the initiative. Mm-hmm. So, one of them is around talent. Mm-hmm. And I'll t- we'll talk later about talent and how important it is. Um, but we've got together, uh, Jim Morris at Pacific Life is leading that, uh, the CEO. And we've gotten together, I think, something like 15 or more now, CHROs from various corporations around Mm -hmm. here. We did a study, you know, what are the issues? And we're weighing in on a number of issues around how do you attract the talent we need here Mm -hmm. and how do we grow that talent and then how do we keep it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what relationships do we need to have with, with both starting at the... Uh, elementary school level all the way up through uh, you know, uh, community college or college level for mm-hmm. d- different types of jobs. So that's one of them. Mm-hmm. A second one was around uh, child hunger because we realized that one of the barriers of early on in Orange County and it's elsewhere is that a large percentage of our kids go to school hungry. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of studies that show a kid who's hungry doesn't learn. Mm-hmm. So how do we address that? Mm-hmm. And so we started an initiative there. We look for some quick wins, and we look for championing uh, initiative that if we could prove a concept, you could roll it out and grow it and expand mm-hmm. it. Uh, the third one we looked at is just Orange County itself and the branding. We are at a disadvantage because we're not a city center. Mm-hmm. We are a county. And, uh, in fact, you know, we're often viewed as just a bedroom community of L.A., mm-hmm. Uh, the sign that says when you're coming here from the desert, it says, "LA <laughs> <laughs> this way" and beach cities. The other, you know, exactly. down south. So, creating identity for Orange County, mm-hmm. which Orange OC Talk Radio is a great way to do mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've, we're working. We've got. We've launched a website, and we are uh, hopefully will have this uh, talk radio on that site mm-hmm. and other vehicles by which we start to address what is Orange County and why is it a good place. To live and work, and um, and then uh, provide services to people. So, that's an initiative. And then finally, we we um, spent a fair amount of time around the issue of jobs, and realizing that the jobs having uh, we were if you, the studies were done in Orange County that shows are good jobs, the ones that pay enough money for people to live and mm-hmm. work here, mm-hmm. uh, were flat. And the growth area was all service jobs, mm-hmm. and the service jobs pay uh, was flat. So they were not getting increases uh, over the last 10 years significantly uh, above cost of living. And yet, at the same time, housing costs are going up 7% a year. Mm-hmm. And what's happened to the our population in the service community is it's getting more and more difficult for them to live here and work here. So they're having to travel, live further away, travel longer distance, clogging up the... And, you know, spend hours on the road each way in order to survive or combine in, in multiple families in one one apartment. Mm-hmm. And so uh, addressing the job side is one of the solutions to addressing if we can get more of their children educated. And UCI does a great job with it and some of the other mm-hmm. universities where they have half of their student bodies being their first time ever yeah, amazing. Uh, in uh, going to college. The problem is they're graduating these kids who want to come back and help their families, and yet we don't have jobs for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, So without addressing the jobs, what's happening is we are exporting this talent elsewhere, and many of them don't want to leave, so they're taking lower-paying jobs just mm-hmm. because they could stay mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. to their family. Mm-hmm. So in order to weigh in and do this, we're addressing the whole ecosystem and we'll talk about it in a minute, but the innovation ecosystem, how do you get it going? Mm-hmm. What are the gaps and what do we need to do uh, to to make that the driving force for growth?
0: Uh, that's that's great. I mean, I'll, I'll just reiterate again that um, I, I have a lot more confidence in our ability to move this forward with folks like you involved. So, oh, thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that perspective. So let's go under the hood just a little bit. Uh, its I mean, I, I think it's great to see this group of CEOs that otherwise could be doing other things with their time, so activated and engaged and and committed to the fact that Orange County is not going to become a, an innovation center by itself, that we all need to be paying more and more attention to this. And that's why I, I get so excited when I see these kinds of new initiatives going. As you think about that, it, it's not going to happen just because of a group of CEOs, we need to get as many people here to lock arms and and get involved and engaged. So, as you think about other groups or other initiatives that that the community should be thinking about, are there any that are on your mind? You say, you know, we need we need somebody outside of this group of CEOs to really uh, go do these things.
1: Uh, yes, and and uh, uh, as our our purpose statement says, working together to create a thriving yes, OC exactly. for all. Uh, one of the precepts and, and concepts of the of the uh, of the group, the CLA group, is that um, we don't want to create anything that it does that already exists. Mm-hmm. We want to help existing um, entities, nonprofit or for profit uh, thrive. And uh, our role is oftentimes to get people to work together, mm-hmm. uh, to collaborate where they aren't collaborating now or to identify where there are gaps and we need to fill those gaps and without our weighing in those gaps are not getting filled mm-hmm. and a perfect example of that was capital. So if we, lo- we started looking at the job situation mm-hmm. and uh, we, we, we started reaching out to McKinsey and the consulting firms and said okay why are we not thriving in job creation. What's going on here? And it's like a tale of two cities. We have okay. the really high income people here and mm-hmm. retirees, and then you have the service workers. And we aren't creating that middle we mm-hmm. need for our for, to thrive. Mm-hmm. So when we looked at what's, what were the gaps, um, one of them was there was no group, because it's a county, there's no city center. Sure. So there wasn't an organized group to start to say, how do we address this? And so we said, okay, as CLA, let's see if we can step into that void. We <laughs> have a number of fabulous organizations like Octane and The Cove right. that, are, that are trying to fill that gap, and they're doing a wonderful job. And we want to encourage them and support mm-hmm. them That's as right. much as we can. But we also needed something else, which was a capital. And when we looked at what it took to create a, a, a thriving innovation economy, the first thing you had to recognize is, why is that important? Mm -hmm. And so there's a book out, which was written a few years ago uh, in 2012, but it's even more relevant today, which is called uh, The New Geography of Jobs by Enrico Morietti. And in that, he's an economist out of Berkeley, and he's got a lot of statistics. But one of them is the winning ecosystems, the winning c- cities and metro areas and counties, and states for that matter, have converted to the new age economy, That's which right. is all around the innovation economy. Mm-hmm. And so those who've made that conversion successful are thriving. That's right. The ones that haven't made that successfully are failing. And their, tr- their wage trends are negative, their, their social problems are skyrocketing, and it's not a good picture. Orange County, as it turns out, is kind of in in the middle, and our future is unwritten. Mm-hmm. We either we're going to go towards the negative trend, which is where our which is where our t- current trends are, or we're going to go forward. In order to go forward, we've got to we got to jumpstart the innovation ecosystem here. Mm-hmm. So, what are the concepts? One of them is that for every innovation job you create, you create five other jobs, two of which. Are high value, sir, uh, high value professional jobs, mm-hmm. three service jobs. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a multiplier effect unseen before. That's right. Compare uh, that, I mean, compared to like the manufacturing. So, the manufacturing it, on, was 1.6. Wow. So, the multiplier effect, yeah. Huge. And Massive. part of it's because the wages of an innovation job are, are a multiple of the wages sure. even of the best manufacturing jobs mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. the auto industry, for mm-hmm. example. So it's lifting all boats. So unless you get that going, so the keys to going, getting that going were creating some clusters of talent. Mm-hmm. And if you get clusters of talent in an area like software engineering or AI or, or life sciences, et cetera, you actually become a magnet for more talent and you mm-hmm. become a magnet for industry to follow that talent. Mm-hmm. And it turns out if you get that flywheel going, it's very difficult to move the cluster. Mm-hmm. In fact, you can't. Sure, It has to die on its own, mm-hmm. in order for, or you have to try to replicate it someplace else. Sure. I
0: mean, look in history. I mean, the Detroit is still a pretty significant automotive center exactly. all these decades later, even though it's not necessarily the new innovations, but that's, that's certainly a cluster example. A, a perfect – and that,
1: at the time, was a positive that's cluster, right. okay, right. and was the driving force of the, much of the wealth creation in America, mm-hmm. which started to decline starting in the late 1970s. So so it was clear that if we were going to lift all boats, which is what happens as in this innovation economy, we had to build a successful uh, talent clusters and company clusters in areas where we could be distinctive. Yes. Okay. The m- couple of missing ingredients, were well, we were producing a lot of STEM graduates, so it wasn't mm-hmm. that our universities in so- Southern California mm-hmm. weren't producing it. Where we were missing is uh, we were missing, one of the missing ingredients was capital. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that we're unique, Southern California, in a bad way, unfortunately, and that only 10 cents of every dollar that is needed to fund startups in Southern California comes from Southern Mm -hmm. California. 90% or 95% in the case of Orange County comes from outside of the area, which means that 95% of the profits and the gains leave the area. And so you're not creating that flywheel. Mm -hmm. So we said, okay... um, and without capital here, it is makes it harder for startups to get funded. Right. And oftentimes, those startups will move to where the money is, right. or they get invested by money in some other location, and they get moved. Mm-hmm. Now, we're competing against most of the metro areas in the United States, whether it be Dallas, Seattle, uh, Boston, New York, Chicago, all have multiples of VC money than they can invest local. Mm-hmm. Five, sometimes 20 times more money than they can mm-hmm. invest. We are 10 cents. Mm-hmm. So we've got to solve this for this equation. Yes. If we can't solve this equation, uh, we've got a problem. Mm-hmm. So we're weighing in. This is where the CLA can identify a gap and say, all right, how do we weigh in and try to to, 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 to solve that particular problem? And then help the other parts of the ecosystem because it's not just one thing. It's a it's a collaboration of things that have to occur to, to to get into an innovation
0: ecosystem. That's right. So let's let's stay on this capital topic for just a moment sure. because as you know, as you think about people living here in Orange County, right. they look around Orange County and there is almost unmeasurable wealth here in Orange County. The the money is here. Mm-hmm. I think we probably would both agree that the money is just not either being directed toward early stage or venture risk and return types of opportunities, or they they just don't understand that from the historical way in which the wealth has been created. So how do we educate or inspire the wealth that's here to orient toward opportunities that if we create those innovation jobs here, we're going to have a much more dynamic and thriving economy and community that will extend into future decades, because that's not guaranteed from exactly. from where we sit. So how, how are we going to get these folks to, to be willing to back this next generation of entrepreneurs uh, that we need here? So that's the great question, and it's the mystery that a lot of people are trying to figure
1: mm-hmm. out. Uh, I challenge both BCG and 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 McKinsey to weigh in on it. The best answer that we can all come up with is that Southern California was the wealth creation here. Generally, was related not to manufacturing as much, and mm-hmm. manufacturing or the old economy, even for that matter, or even the new economy but to real estate. Mm-hmm. And the weather was our draw, mm-hmm. and we always had more demand than we had supply, which always made it a ve- made the real estate investments very attractive.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's still- and maybe the, even somewhat easy. And somewhat easy. Although people probably wouldn't say so it that, necessarily that, yeah. Well,
1: and the, the other thing about it was you, there are cycles here, so yes, you either you have to exit at the right time <laughs> or, right, or else you have a right. little bit of a problem or have long staying power. Yes. So uh, the issue then that you raise is how do we, get this what I call sideline capital mm-hmm. uh, to invest in what some people feel in that industry is going to Vegas, mm-hmm. okay, to invest in innovation. Mm-hmm. Now, first they get around, they get the concept that if we can get it going, that will create high-paying jobs, which means people will fill their offices, mm-hmm. um, they will buy the homes they're producing, they will shop in their shopping centers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it lifts all boats. And the real estate industry actually is probably one of the biggest – positive recipients of this positive trend but they've kind of in the back so far have been in the background kind of letting somebody else do it Mm -hmm. so our big challenge is how do we show and how do we use leadership to show no this is not only important for the real estate industry to get involved in um but it is a smart business and investment play sure right so the way you do that is to is to to start to support venture capital funds here, and mm-hmm. we've created what we call as an OC Master Fund um, that is a fund of funds, but a no-load fund of funds, which is raising capital uh, in about $100 million bytes. Uh, we're, we're working on our first $100 million fund that will invest in and enable local VCs or VCs that we get to move here mm-hmm. uh, to get to scale. And unfortunately the few VCS we have here are subscale meaning they're not they're well below hundred million in revenue uh, in, uh, in assets says, under management mm-hmm. and so uh, we will be weighing in on our first two Miramar and visionaries uh, with uh, you know up to fifty percent of their fund which will get them over hundred million dollars mm-hmm. in funding and then get some access to uh, institutional money at some point, and also allows them to lead deals. Mm-hmm. And by leading deals, we get to control where they stay where they and where they, they live, and all that good stuff. So, so w- what we're trying to do, and we're starting with our corporations, and we're also starting with uh, leaders in, in in the real estate world who understand this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see examples of both Irvine an Company and Five Points, for example, and there are others. Mm-hmm. That Samueli is doing some wonderful things, um, and and uh, even right here, this building, office building next to um, uh, both Sigursens and the and the creating this environment here, all good examples of what you need for infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the concept here is to get our corporations to weigh in uh, and invest where they normally don't do because venture capital is generally not on most corporations' radar screen. It's, sure. They do it for somebody else. And to pave the way, get the experience going, see, show that it works. It's a good return. It's a good return not just as a return on your capital, but it also creates this flywheel that we need to create, which will lift all boats in Orange okay. County. Well,
0: Dick, I think that is so key. And you know, as I think about it, um, one, one of the things that I – uh, say often is someone has to go first, and I feel like you know I applaud you and and the CLA group for really going first and saying uh, you know we'll, we'll be the uh, the pioneers uh, of this. That it's not totally unproven, and there have been amazing companies created here. Um, one of my early guests uh, on the show uh, has raised over a hundred million for his software company here, Kyle, and none of it came from Orange County. And, you know, when that has a significant exit and liquidity event, unfortunately, that money leaves. leaves. And I think that reinvestment mentality in the community that we're in is something that we just need to keep uh, sharing. And and I think uh, we're going to continue to see more of that. I'm so hopeful uh, that that's ahead of us. And, And thanks for leading that charge. So, you, you've been so successful throughout your career. You could have ridden off into the sunset and just enjoyed uh, this next phase of, of life. What's inspired you to really dig in and, and lead this?
1: Well, you know, you go back on a personal level and you find that the people that are happiest find a, their meaning in, in, in life and their purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, this is utilizing the skills that I've developed over the years, applying it uh, in a new way. Um, but think how powerful it will be, and can be, and hopefully should be, for the business world to realize that their purpose is not to create shareholder wealth that's an outcome mm-hmm. but rather to make a, a better world in some way, mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. their company oriented that way, their strategy, their structure. And we are making huge progress in getting even the investment community to say, we now realize, and Harvard did a study and validated it, we now realize that if we can find those companies that operate this way, Mm -hmm. they're outperforming their peers significantly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if we can not only get that concept across, but then get them working and collaborating together to solve social and economic problems, how powerful is that? Yes. And so we're really saying, hey, form groups in your... In your local community, even though all of our companies are multi-city, multinational, most of them, Mm -hmm. uh, why are we weighing in locally? Well, if you can be the inspiration for the next city that you have an operation for the CEOs in that city to follow what we're doing here, then that can happen there and that can happen in other cities. So in addition to the work that we're doing here, we will hold the first ever uh, conference in 2020 here in, in Orange County. Of forty some cities that have now formed CEO groups in various forms, all of which Very are try- struggling to figure out, I don't know how do we do this, how do we weigh in? How do we mm-hmm. keep the CEOs engaged, how do we make a difference, et cetera? And so my view of the the if I look forward is if we could get business, one to shift their focus, mm-hmm. and then two to weigh in uh, when we have such dysfunctional governments uh, going on, and use basically data and facts to to inform decision making, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and get nonprofits, governmental agencies, um, universities all collaborating and moving in the direction together. Um, then you can really make a difference.
0: Yeah, that's that's amazing. And uh, I, leadership is is leadership, and you know if we have it in our business community and and in folks like you, I applaud you for pulling that together and and standing up and and taking the lead and not allowing uh, the dysfunction and and others to continue to perpetuate some of the problems that that we all uh, have to contend with. So thank you for that. Dick, I could sit here all day and Mm -hmm. and talk to you about this. Unfortunately, Paul just gave me the the sign. So we got to go to our final lap here at Accelerate OC for now, and hopefully we'll have a chance to continue this later. So I always ask my guests to share some key piece of advice or lesson that they've learned that they wanna share with the audience. So what's the key piece of advice you'd love to share with other business leaders here in Orange County today?
1: So uh, I would say, you know, get involved, Hmm. uh, come off the sidelines, realize that, you know, you do have a, create a purpose for your company. If you don't have one now, why do you exist? A higher calling to make the world a better place. Uh, or you find help your employees find meaning in work mm-hmm. okay? and unlock their passion. I'll tell you what, it is powerful mm-hmm. to bring the heart to work. Do all those things, and you yourself will become more passionate about it and mm-hmm. be a more effective leader. And one of the things I found is not only is it more fun to lead this way, mm-hmm. it's far more effective. Sure. So I would challenge everyone to do that. And I also would say, read this book, The New... Uh, uh, new uh, uh, geography of jobs mm-hmm. uh, by Enrico Morietti. It's mm-hmm. really important for CEOs to understand in today's world how you compete and where. If you're not in an area where you
0: you can compete in this new form, you better figure out how to get engaged and make it happen. Yeah, that's that's so powerful. Thank you for that, Dick. Thank you so much for taking us along on this ride today, sharing some of your amazing career insights and. You know, sharing that leadership story that is so clear in the way that that you talk about the things that you've done and the things that you're doing now uh, with CLA. Thanks for leading a- and inspiring others in our community, and and really doing it by example and and being such a servant to so many others here. You're definitely doing your part to accelerate Orange County. Welcome to the family. Thank you. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at AccelerateOC.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's Accelerate OC together.